This episode is brought to you by the Slash and Cast Podcast Network. Learn more at slashandcast.net. Welcome, ghouls and goblins. Today we're celebrating the non-opening of our favorite Halloween event with a fiesta of freakish fantasies for what could have been. So check your seat, it's tough to be a bug, and it's time for Frightful Failures! Everybody and welcome to another episode of Frightful Failures. I am your ghost host with the most, Zach Romero. Joining me, as always, is your ghost host with the most, Tien Guignol. And Tien, we have some additional ghost hosts with the most here. Uh, of course, your third ghost host with the most, the co-star of Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights and Grim Grinning host and self-proclaimed king of Horror Night shitposting, Hunter returns to the show. Oh, Oh man, like you you really fit all my titles in there. Like I'm honored actually. Like I, that's I, I do what I can. I do what I can. And and our fourth ghost host with the most from the newly launched Cathed Coaster YouTube channel and the premiere show, The Horror Nights Gauntlet, the number one Billy Eilish Haunted House stand, Dakota, returning to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining us, Dakota. Hi, thank you. Thank you for having me. Wow, um, are these our first returning guests? I think they might be. And uh, Hunter, gotta say, you look way better in your human form than as a nine-foot-tall Muppet ghost. That's uh, It's much better, much more complimentary, I would say. I'm still getting adapted to it. You know, you don't you don't have felt on for that long without some weird side effects, but thankfully the rashes are starting to go away, I so I'm doing all right. I'm happy to I exist that. only yeah. as Pete from the Goofy movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you meant from like the actual Disney Christmas Carol, where he was. Yeah, the but the, the same, the same, the oh, same, but uh, the very same out of costume, Pete. out of costume on a grill, <laughs> in a hot tub with with uh, with, with my nipples out. Yeah, okay, two, well, perfect. Two, two dads sitting in a hot tub. All right, so um, as has been proclaimed from the mountaintop, uh, Halloween Horror Nights is canceled for this year, or what? Owned a year, or however we're are you spending it for marketing purposes. Um, and so what we decided to do here, we've pulled together some of the great minds involving Halloween Horror Nights in the fandom community and Tien and myself, and we're going to here to basically give uh, PowerPoint presentations on uh, potential ideas that uh, Universal executives should be listening into and hopefully paying us a great deal of money to produce for next year's Halloween Horror Nights event. Definitely that. I'm not passionate about the event, but I am passionate about the green stuff. There you um, go. Which, uh, by the way, I, I wanted to clear the air a little bit here, guys. Little little elephant in the room that we needed to address. Um, so on Hunter and Our's uh, segment on our big mega episode, we talked about last year, 29, we talked about the streets, and we did not even mention, even in passing, Vanity Ball, uh, which Dakota was very very offended by and and i understand because i mean let's face it there is a part of the fandom a small part mind you that would show up last year to the event and just stand in vanity ball and not do any haunted houses or see any shows or eat food even so uh, i i get it so let's just clear that right now oh i, I totally i'm get one it. of those people <laughs> I, uh, I I was all about uh, Vanity Bowl. I spent a lot of time in there. Uh, I think it's important to note we were basically like uh, by that section 
uh, of, 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 you know, my visit, the hourglass was getting low and it <laughs> yes. was basically like the final lap of Mario Kart and like a blue shell was on my tail. So like, we just kind of had to like hit it and run. So no, I, anything texted, we admitted. Uh, I texted Tian and I was like, Oh, I see how it is. We hate gay people. <laughs> That's the scariest thing to, to deal with of all, clearly. But nevertheless, yeah. so now that we've uh, atoned for that, uh, we want to kind of go around the circle here, the the brain hive, the uh, the series of TED Talks, and uh, I guess make our general pitches for what we think would make great elements to a hypothetical next year Halloween Horror Nights. And uh, Tien, I believe uh, this was partially your brainchild. We're pitching both houses, scare zones, uh, potential merchandise. It's the whole, the whole sure, gamut is up for the grabs. full gamut. There are no limits here. We, we, we did not uh, enforce any strict rules in this case. This is uh, fantasy in the grandest scale of Halloween Horror Nights. So um, uh, flipping a coin here, I'd like to maybe start uh, Dakota with you, if we could uh, allow you to take the stage and uh, pitch for us um, something coming to this fantasy Halloween Horror Nights. Uh, okay. Um, Right out the gate, cool. Uh, you know, I'm gonna say one that I know gets said a lot, like, but I I'm gonna back it up with how I would do it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Bioshock. Ah. Oh. <laughs> and it's said a lot, and I I realize that, and we've kind of seen it like with uh, the saws and steam house, like good god, almost ten years ago now. Uh, ten years ago, by the time we actually have horror nights again, but um. I think I was thinking about like what would make Bioshock like unique. And I think it needs to be an effects driven attraction. And once 15 years ago, Horror Nights used Poseidon's Fury as a haunt venue. Hmm. And I was thinking specifically, like imagine the imagery of like a big sister in the water vortex, like whirling her fucking hands around and like, then walking out into uh, the large cavern with a, maybe Rapture projected there. And then, uh, I mean, I, I have no doubt that like that exit hallway that they used for the rest of that house is tiny and could not fit something to this scale. But uh, that is my fantasy. That's a beautiful image. Okay. So, so a couple questions for you, a couple questions. Um, uh, would it be an amalgamation of multiple I games it, or is it just like a retelling? I think it's, it's a, it's a unique narrative just set in rapture with the aesthetics of uh, the first two games. I don't think you, uh, maybe you can hint at infinity just for the sake of having some Easter eggs, but uh, infinite. <laughs> uh, but uh, I think that would be, I, I think universally everyone kind of agrees. I know I listened to catacombs. I know Shelby is a big, uh, big supporter of this idea as well, mm-hmm. but um. I, I think that as a venue, and we haven't seen it used in so long. I think really, if they were to capitalize that on, on it in the right way, this is the perfect IP to use that. You could queue in the same space. You would still hold the event in studios and uh, maybe take over like the, uh, the, the exit right next to the tribute store for a uh, queue space. Mm-hmm. I think it could work. Now, so I have a question. So how, like you said, perfect idea to just kind of like, write a narrative to fit to you can take like some of the bigger more iconic elements from from the games but do you go into like how political is is universal going to want to be with this like to be like yes uh, I mean, you I, know if the universal's willing to do the purge i don't think oh, that true. like old old ass like 
anti-capitalist notions are really going to be that like dynamic and game changing for for one. That's true. House. That's true. I, I you you make an excellent point. Um, okay, uh, one more like very meta question, I guess, about this Bioshock house. So the first game is designed with this sense of almost kind of like making you reconsider how a video game is structured. Like, oh, you're just kind of blindly taking orders from this guy and it feels like you have a choice, but you don't. Um, do you be so bold as to try and have the haunted attraction incorporate some sense of that, of like a meta commentary on a, your trip through a haunted house as part of a conga line? I think you could. Uh, I didn't think about that until right now, but I mean, um, there's that, that, uh, uh, what the fuck is that event in California? Jesus Christ, not scary farm. And um, there's that dark ride house that's like goes behind the scenes. I, I you could maybe break the mold for a minute and like put the player in the or the uh, the the guest in the position of maybe being aware that it is a haunted house. But I don't think it's necessary. I think you could just do a straightforward kind of thing. Um, I think if you had a like maybe a I don't know if we do we throw out designer names if we're talking about horror nights. Like if Manuel were to design this house, I think he would his style kind of always just sort of breaks the aesthetic of, of like the natural space and always gets a little expressionist and weird. Okay. I like it. I like it. Um, I, I think that clearly your inspiration is coming from your love of depths of fear from last year. Oh, uh, I loved that, it so much. That underwater house. It really, I mean, it just, it pulled you into an immersive universe and you said this, <laughs> this must be Bioshock. Okay. All right. Well, um, unless we have more Bioshock questions, um, Hunter, I'd like to give the uh, totem, the Jack the Clown shaped totem to you for your pitch on something for fantasy. Okay. Boards. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so I'm just going to kind of play easy here. Um, so during my time going to Halloween Horror Nights, I've only got to see my favorite uh, Halloween Horror Nights, or excuse me, my favorite slasher icon one time. And if you know me, that's a very particular Jason Voorhees. Got to see him during Freddy vs. Jason, during 25. And before that, he had been featured, but his only other official um, show up was during the Carnival of Carnage, which was back in 17. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of uh, there's there's a lot of untapped potential, at least here in Orlando when it comes to Jason. And when we're talking about an iconic horror character, um, I think Jason's just top of the list. You know, there is a bit of a debate whether that's Michael, but we've had Michael a dozen times. Freddy's pretty great, too. But Jason Lives is my favorite of the 80s slasher movies at least from the mainline series. I think it perfectly encapsulates everything that Halloween Horror Nights could do so well in a haunted house. I think the opening with Tommy and his friend digging up Jason out of the grave with that very kind of like Universal Monsters gothic backdrop would be awesome. That would translate very well. And then you've got great scenes throughout it. If you know Jason Lives, you know about, of course, the paintball scene. You've got the car chase that you can fit in there. You've got the cabin with uh, it's it's the only Friday the 13th that actually has children at the camp. So you can kind of play up that factor, too. And uh, I just think there's a lot of potential for this one. Yes, we've kind of seen Jason before, but he's so few and far between. I think giving him another chance and basing it on what a lot of people consider his his finest movie would would be would be a pretty big get. I, I I would really enjoy to see that. I do. I will jump in immediately. I do agree that having more specific films 
based around these slasher houses, I do think is interesting because I know they've obviously been doing it with Michael Myers, but to have, because with the exception of Freddy versus Jason, I felt a lot of the previous Jason houses are just sort of like, uh, you know, Jason, yeah. he's at the camp. Either the counselors are getting killed. Like there didn't really feel a super specific, like you might see, you know, somebody pretending to be Kevin Bacon with an arrow through them. But like, otherwise it just sort of was like, ah, you know, the hockey mask is the guy. <laughs> yeah. So to have a more specific film, I do think is a pretty interesting yeah. concept. So you would rather see it like one particular, like specifically Jason lives, not an amalgamation of. Yeah. Just because everything, just because I think Jason lives, I would love to have, a, I would love to have a representation of that film in particular, just because I think something that, and I kind of alluded to this, um, I think something that Halloween Horror Nights does so well is kind of dark humor in a scary setting. And Jason Live is Jason Lives is kind of the epitome of that for the franchise, whether that's like the James Bond intro, which in my head, I know this is crazy, but if that could be like your title card as you're walking into the maze, you go into the graveyard you get a scene with him being resurrected, that Frankenstein style with the lightning. And then you go in and you've got kind of that like James Bond intro as you're walking in. It'd be wild, but I want something kind of wacky and zany a little bit just because when it comes to the slashers, they tend to play them very, very straight. Whether that's um, Halloween mm-hmm. during 24, Halloween 2 during 26 or Halloween 4 during um, 28 there hasn't really been kind of a goofy take on these slashers. And I think Jason lives toes that line just enough where you could appeal to both of those demographics. So, uh, and, and Dakota played perfectly into kind of my question as well um, to kind of back that up. So if we're focusing on the humor and the goofiness that comes with this big, terrifying slasher, is this the house where you could see and then we time jump and we're in Manhattan and then we time jump and we're in space and we're freezing someone's face in liquid nitrogen and house. smashing it on the counter? Or? So I actually think, so Jason Lives is is not even a guilty pleasure at this point. I just like it. Um, I think it's a blast of a movie because it totally knows what it is. I would love to see Jason X represented, but for this particular maze, I would really like it to focus on this particular movie. Now, that said, if they are going to do an amalgamation, I really think it would be a very cool idea if, say, for, unfortunately, the 40th has come and gone with it being this year. But say for the 45th, they're like, hey, we're going to take you through each one of the Friday the 13th movies. Let's say we finally get our 13th movie that year. Then uh, let's start with Pamela. Let's go to Sackhead Jason and then so on and so forth. And let's do a scene from each movie. I think that would be great. So how do they uh, let you down? How do they... Uh... How, how do, what does Horror Nights have to do to, like, make you hate a Jason house? Like, is it in 3D? Um, so, oh. I, I, you know, <laughs> even then, like, I'd give them I'd give them the benefit of a doubt just because, like, 3D has been so hit or miss. Like, the last great 3D house has been, I think it, it's commonly regarded as the in-between was kind of, like, the last one that yeah. people really liked. And that was eight years ago. Lunatic's Playground from 26 is, like, the worst haunted house I've ever been through. At, at the event, anyways. Um... How would you disappoint me with a Jason house? Um, I think if you uh, make all the Jasons smaller than about five, eight, it would be majorly disappointing. <laughs> I, I think that would kind of be my tipping <laughs> That's point. Fair. I, I want to see that house. I want to see like a, like a five, seven Jason. Yeah, house. yeah. Yeah. Just like little people wrestling, but it's like Freddie versus Jason. 
but, but, but they all have like uh, yeah. they all have short guy energy though. <laughs> yes, yeah, they're all like the bagel boss. Yeah, but e- and each yeah, of yeah, those yeah. Jason actors, they all have five uh, eleven written on their Tinder profile. So that's right. That's yeah. right. You know, women don't even look at me. Uh, <laughs> they don't even look my way. Except because it's Jason, it's just a bunch of incoherent mumbling, and you're like, oh god, I'm frightened. I don't understand what's happening. I'm well, surprised. Incoherent, yeah. but a Brooklyn accent. Yes, I'm, yes, I'm surprised. Exactly. That, blah, blah, blah. I'm shocked that your answer straight out the gate wasn't well. Obviously, a Jason goes to hell house where he's he gets blown up right at the beginning of the house, and then it's just random guys throughout the whole movie, the whole haunted house. That would be, it, in my it, opinion, a little disappointing. It, it would be pretty bad. Um, Jason goes to hell is my least favorite of the entire franchise. Um, like I think it is for any sane person. Uh, <laughs> I just. I can't stand it, but uh, you know what? I <sighs> no, I won't even say it. I was gonna be like, would I accept Jason goes to hell? And the honest truth is no. Well, no, here, no, here's how you not. make here's how you make Jason goes to hell work. Um, there is no Jason in it. Obviously, he's in the very beginning and the very very end. Um, but all the jump scares are the like writer director duo, and they just jump out and they just mock you openly for enjoying Friday the Thirteenth as a franchise. Like they're like, "Ugh, you!" He walks around and he can't be killed. Oh my god, that's so lame! And you're like, <laughs> "You just kind of rush through the." But to Dakota's point, I feel like the 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 elephant in the room of an amalgamation of Friday the Thirteenth house is that unless it's structured like like Hunter said, where it was like you had a scene that was a kill from every movie, if it wasn't clear cut and it was just like. These are all things from Friday the 13th. I feel like it would fall off the rails so quickly. Because if you do that for a, uh, a Freddy Krueger house, then you could just do like, well, these in dreams, except for the, you know, whatever. But with sure. Friday the 13th, it would be like, yeah, he killed this. And then uh, there's a girl with psychic powers. Whatever. Okay. And then this. <laughs> And now, well, sewer water hit him, and now he's a baby. Well, anyway, this thing. And then our fucking ghost dad comes out and saves the day at the end. (laughs) Ghost dad jumps out. Yeah, great. Like, that would be a little. Bill Cosby ghost dad? Yes. Yes. It was a crossover extravaganza. Wow. That that was also on my short list before I crossed it off. It was actually (laughs) Michael Keaton in Jack Frost. There you go. Oh, God. Are you fucking serious? That was on my joke list. I swear to God. (laughs) Your what list? Uh, Hang on. I was going to peel behind the veil here. The man behind the curtain. Okay. All right. So, um, moving on. Uh, Zach, um, I would love to hear your suggestion for Fantasy Horror Nights. So, um,. This would actually, so first of all, I have to say, I don't swim in the waters of Halloween Horror Nights fandom, like Reddits and things like that. So if I'm suggesting shit that's like, ugh, that's been suggested a thousand times, I'm I'll trusting I'll make sure you feel like an idiot. Yeah, thank you. I'm trusting you gentlemen to keep me honest. So um, this one I had was actually more of a, I, I think, a scare zone. Um and I and it could work because I think technically they still potentially own the IP. Um, I think enough time has passed that we could easily do an "Are you Are you afraid of the dark?" scare zone, yeah, where you would do some of the the more famous characters like Zebo the Clown and and uh, the Ghastly Grinner and some of the other creatures and monsters that were in various episodes. But like you could break up if you do it as almost like an anthology sort of idea you could break up the section with the little campfires with the kids telling the scary stories 
as uh, as part of your actors. And if it's outdoors, then you can throw the 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 you know dried creamer onto the fire to make it go oof and scare the shit out of everybody. No, I um, like that. And so, and big, obviously we saw a huge, uh, nostalgia, you know, boom over the last couple of years. So we could be playing into the nineties. I mean, I know they did do, I think a new version of are you for the dark for now, but you could do the throwback, have it be real nineties. Um, and that's how you can just kind of structure that around there. And like I said, Nickelodeon studios used to be there. So it's also sort of a, a meta of like, Hey, it's the ghost of a thing we used to give a shit about. So I don't know. I thought that was a potential idea. Is it a scare zone or a haunted house? I I was thinking a scare zone because of the fire hazard, but theoretically you could jam it in a haunted house if you needed to. I kind of like the idea of it as a uh, central park kind of scare zone with maybe the campers uh, like on maybe the kid zone side or on the, uh, the Hollywood side. And uh, maybe you just have like the, the story characters. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. they can kind of just jump out or whatever. But yeah, so that was, and, uh, you know, the, the merchandising alone would be, you'd make your money there because there'd be a bunch of hipster, like 30 somethings who would be like, holy shit, I'm definitely buying a Midnight Society shirt, you know, so the money's going to make itself there. So uh, here's a question. If it were a haunted house, um, a lot of haunts that have varying scenes and are sort of jumping between, you know, storylines, things like that. Um, I like when they have some sort of uh, recognizable connected transition between those scenes. So what would be sort of an example for you uh, of like an iconic transition between the different stories? I think you jump. So in this, if we're putting it indoors, so to a certain degree, it's not, I don't think it's going to land as much, obviously with just like new people. Like if someone's never seen it before, when the goddamn ghastly grinner jumps out, they're not going to be like, Oh no, they're gonna be like, what the hell is this? I'm looking at. Um, <laughs> oh no, not the ghastly grinner. Right. Yeah. Or, Oh yeah. no, I'm stuck in a shopping mall forever or a pinball machine or whatever other stupid ideas they well, came up with in the nineties. I just wanted to say, so I, I understand you said you're not too deep in the reddits, but like HHN fans have the most wonderful talent of pretending they have always loved something <laughs> despite like not coming across that thing until like, okay. Like, okay. So I'm gonna be honest. I did not watch killer clowns from outer space until the scare zone. And I had one guy who was like, fuck yeah, this is like top of my list. I can't wait to see this. But then like, you just notice like every single person was like, yeah, fucking killer clowns from outer space. That's my favorite cult movie of all time. And I don't doubt like there's a bunch of those, but like you really realize you're like, okay, come on. Like not all of you could have been just anticipating killer clowns from outer space for the last 15 years. Yeah. There's got to be a finite amount of nostalgia somewhere along the line, but to answer Tian's question, I'd say you have like basically a scene with maybe one or two scares in it. Um, and then which would be based on an episode. And then the transition would be, you'd have the campfire and you'd have, you know, um, you'd maybe see like the back of the kids, like sitting around the campfire telling the story, you have some of the audio of like, you know, like they're just wrapping up a scary story or something like that. And then maybe for some of those transitions, you have a, an actor hidden amongst the the kids telling the story so they can like turn around real quick and scare the shit out of you. Um, but I think by incorporating the campfire, that can be your transition. It's like they are telling ghost stories. Um, it would, in that case, it would probably be a little more 
tame, I guess, than other houses. Because I don't imagine, like, the last transition is all the kids are fucking dead around the campfire. Um, I mean, it could be. But, um, but yeah, I, I feel like the, the, the campfire is your transition between the short little vignette scenes, I guess. Is that how Are You Afraid of the Dark ended? God, that would be holy <laughs> shit! What an ending! <laughs> I, I, I <laughs> like what like, the the kid who had the most acid wash outfit is the only one that survives. They're all dead, and he just looks in the camera. He's like, "Now I'm the Midnight Society," and then that's it. Like that's he's just eating dried creamer, and he's just looking in the camera. Um, he's got a solid yellow shirt and parachute pants. Exactly. David Lynch actually uh, directed the last episode of. I was, was going to say what, what what they saw was the ending of Jim Henson's Dinosaurs, and they're like, "Fuck, we need to like do something like that. Like they're all going <laughs> to die of climate change." <laughs> you know these we're characters you've loved over four seasons. What if they just cease to exist and then you watch them? They're all fucking dead. So, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's that's it. That's all I've got uh, for for that particular pitch. Excellent. Well, I guess that leaves me then, um, yes. which I want to make one little quick caveat to just say, and I'm sure you guys feel the same, but if we were having this conversation in 2009, this would be very, very different. Um, because like I've said before, a lot of everyone's top tier movies and and properties have been done at this point. I mean, in 2009, I would have said, my God, you know, the things I would do for an Evil Dead haunted house. Oh, they'd be unspeakable. Oh, my goodness. I mean, and 2009 was an important year anyhow because you got Silver Scream. So you get, it was like a little taste, a little like tickled my balls to be like, oh, and here's what we could have. We could have a Shaun of the Dead house. Wouldn't that be fun? Like, it would be. Oh, I would love that. Um, but by this point, we've, you know, uh, it's it's no longer fantasy to say, what about a Shining House? What about an Exorcist House? So this is a very different list than I would have composed, uh, oh, ye those many years ago. Um, but I think I'd like to really pile off, and it's, it's ironic that Zach chose Are You Afraid of the Dark? Because my first one is actually Goosebumps. Oh, there we yeah. go. Right. So, um, hand in hand. Yeah, very, very little park presence they've ever had, with the exception of Hollywood Studios and what was it, like the late 90s, early 2000s with a show? Yes. Um, but um, actually, I think that the perfect premise for a Goosebumps house is the Jack Black movie where it's like R.L. Stein's a real person. The books are real and they lock up the stories and the characters. And then you have this big, almost cabin in the woods style moment where, you know, slappy comes out as your host and unleashes all the monsters and, uh, Bada bing, bada boom. You got a wide variety of characters and costumes and scares that you can pull off in the haunted house. I think it would be fantastic. I would love that. That actually would be very, very interesting. Uh, again, you get the nostalgia boom with the merchandise. Oh yeah, is the oh, aesthetic man. of the like the the visual monster aesthetic? Is it the Jack Black movie? Is it the '90s show? Or is it like the book covers? Um, I think I think if you went with the books, that's going to please the most people, probably. You know, um, or, or rather, if you if you let the Universal Creative like the designers take the books and do their own version of it. Kind of like with what they did with the universal monsters last year, where it's like, take the haunted mask, make it scarier. Like take, you know, uh, say cheese and die, make it scarier. Um, so I think that would be great. I love that. You know, but then you just throw... sorry. <laughs> oh no, you're fine. I think that's a very important fact. Yes. True. Um, wait, I was just sorry, who say... was Ryan Gosling? 
He's the he's in the say cheese and die episode. Oh my god. Okay. All right. Sorry, Hunter. Please. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, it's his best work outside of Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Like, so I mean, that's that's super high praise. Yeah. Um, however, uh, I was just going to say, you take those classic like book covers and make them like print on demand t shirts. That's your marketing for that entire year. People are going to go nuts for that. Well, I was I, 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 to daisy chain onto that. I think that's going to be your safest bet. Because if you do the movie, the live action movie, then like your older fans are going to be like, ugh. If you do the 90s show, then people are going to go, ugh, it was a little cheesy. But if you do the classic books, they're kind of timeless now. So therefore, everyone's happy. Um, and especially there's so many, um, you know, cover art that's burned into our collective brains anyway that, uh, you know, having the opportunity, even if you don't include them all in the actual event, but have them included on the merchandise, I think is a win-win. Um, I'd say the only thing you, you definitely wouldn't do that the movie does is set it all in like a suburban town. I would say, if anything, you set it at, uh, oh God, I'm such a bad fan. What's the name of the theme park? Horrorland. Horrorland. Yeah, well, there you go. Yep. Uh, in unison, like I'm, you guys should have <laughs> yeah. just like done a harmony. And- and very disappointed tone, by the way, of all three of us. Horror land. I'm going to be <laughs> honest. In my headphones, I heard that like Paul, John, <laughs> like I, I heard everybody come through like a Beatles recording. It was beautiful. <laughs> but, but, also, also, it's not even like it's that clever of a name. It wasn't no, like. No, it's not. I knew it was like. I knew it was like. <laughs> I knew it was like Fear Street or whatever, but I'm like, oh no, that's. If, if you had guessed anything and anything, if you would have been like Ghost Cul de Sac, it would have been like, well, he's pretty close. <laughs> Okay, but but uh, but if you're doing this set at Horrorland, then you could do the the haunted house as a, a choose your own experience. There's multiple paths you could go down. That is fun. Thanks. <laughs> Thank <you. laughs> Let me just say real quick, just to really pull the veil back, that um, this is not the first time that there's been an awkward pause on this show after I said something, and I edit them. I have the ability to take that pause out, and I'm not gonna. <laughs> <laughs> I I really I was literally just thinking like uh but how would you do that in in the way this is tra- I was like being like really like pedantic and literal and I was trying not to be Oh I was super being that way. I'm like you're telling me I've spent $18,000 to get to this goddamn event to buy the fast pass and I got to go through this fucking house four times to experience all the goddamn rooms. It's like, well, did you see the big hamster? And it's like, no, no. I didn't. I went to the didn't. left. I sure didn't. I kept, getting, I kept getting pushed into the goddamn haunted mask room. Like, I didn't get to see anything. <laughs> they put okay. a rope in front of the hamster room after the first week, and you never get to see it. Oh, oh no. What a bummer. Does Rest in peace, okay. Tomb of the Ancients. Oh, boy. <laughs> Okay, um, well, uh, round one complete here, uh, so we're back to Dakota. Let's hit it. Um, start us off strong. Um, okay, this is an IP again, but it's an IP that TN and I have personally seen in person, but I want to see it done on a universal scale. Mm. Uh, and I don't know the logistics of how this I don't know which one you're going to say. This could be either one. I don't know the logistics of how this works because it's Batman. Mm. <laughs> mm. Specifically, I mean, I would specifically love it to be Batman Arkham, but I think that's officially dead now. So, but, uh, but you know, I, I would love a uh, an Arkham Asylum 
haunted house. It doesn't have to be the game franchise. It could be any, it could be Robert Pattinson. It could be anything. I don't care. I, I want to see that universe brought to life. I think Arkham Asylum is a genuinely scary environment. And I think the Batman rogues gallery has so much design potential for like unique environments, unique uh, scare experiences. I think um, I just don't know what I, they're allowed to sell DC shit in the men in black store. I don't, I don't really know what, I don't know how that would work. I don't, maybe it could never happen. I don't know. I feel like WB would be willing to pay ball or, or play ball for the right price. Um, how I would do it personally, I think this is the Scarecrow's like whole operation, like make it his thing. Um, I don't know. Just call it, just call it like Batman's fucking dead or something like that. And <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> like it was, yeah, yeah. It's developed exclusively in the late nineties and it's edgy as shit. <laughs> So yeah, you absolutely right. do not need a uh, a Batman in this haunted house for it to be successful no, at all. I, I really don't even want to see Batman. I kind of want it to be like, like I, I'm kind of joking, but like also play with the concept like, okay, Batman was actually killed off and now everyone's running rampant in Arkham Asylum. And then you have, like you said, you have that rogue gallery, whether you're talking about Croc, whether you're talking about Riddler, whether you're talking about Poison Ivy, like there's so many different things they could do. And even basing it off that first game, those locales are like very distinctive. There's so much that they could do there. No, I think a Killer Croc as a puppet, I think um, a Poison Ivy environment with like flytrap puppets. I I think puppets like strongly for this. I think Scarecrow rooms with like heavy projection effects. Um, All puppet haunted house, no real people. Well, here's, here's my concern. My concern is cleanup. How are you going to keep that place sanitary? From all the the comments I leave there? Exactly. The amount of nerds who are going to be ejaculating wildly all over that gut, especially if it's just on the rogues. There's no actual Batman. It's just, hey, by the way, the the talking point for anyone who's ever said that Batman is the best fucking hero, this is the house built on that. It's just constant ejaculate all over the fucking place. There could be no rooms with black lights because that would just be, it would give it all away. That's horrifying. Yeah, no, that would be very scary. Okay, so but here's the thing, though, to just play devil's advocate about Batman. Oh, boy. Um, so Arkham Origins, which I am a big stand for, um, there's a, a segment in which you're playing through the Joker's memories and they redesigned Batman as just this like really horrifying, glowing, ethereal creature, smoky mist, like not even remotely human. And I, and I just, I, I think of that moment so often when I think about the prospect of turning this into an immersive attraction, the Arkham Asylum games in any way is the idea because, you know, ultimately as much as Scarecrow makes sense, people expect the Joker. Like if you do a haunted house and you're like, Hey, the villains, this guy, they're going to expect that halfway through this guy is going to rip his face off into the Joker because that's what the Arkham games have set up for us. Um, but but sincerely, I mean, to... to I think to, the Joker just moves too much merch for Universal to not use him. Honestly. It's true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you put him there. Um, but I feel like I feel like Scarecrow makes thematic sense. You can absolutely fit Joker in there. But like, I think just Scarecrow really lends himself to the horror aesthetic even more. No, I agree. I think, um, if anything, it, to have Batman in the house, a really excellent use would be to kind of combine that Joker nightmare from Arkham Origins with uh, with Killian Murphy's Scarecrow-like vision of Batman and Batman Begins. Yes. 
of just like having like maybe Batman's towards the end of the house and he's just scary and monstrous as fuck. And that's the only actual encounter you as a guest have with Batman. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. I was going to say, what if you even like flipped it on its head where like you were the criminal and you were being stalked by Batman through it? And yeah, if you, you could accidentally be a new walked inmate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you walked into his boo hole, he'd like snap your arm and leave you for dead or something like that. <laughs> like, it, like it'd be the most incredible thematic experience you've ever seen. But can you imagine all the sweet incel dollars you would get if the Joker was the headline? Specifically Joaquin Phoenix Joker. Just just dancing down the stairs and oh Well here man. here's here's the compromise. You keep you keep Dakota's vision in the house, but you put also the little like photo op area that's by, that's by um where Beetlejuice used to be and where big pile of shit is now you have that area be like the photo op with the Joker and other inmates Ooh. and you're still getting your money. Well, I was going to say kind of spinning off of that. What if you put this in one of the sound stages and then you exit out and it's like the Joker's like fun house area. And that's the scare zone for that. area. I, I think a scare oh. zone, like a Gotham city scare zone in, uh, in New York actually would like be a perfect, like pair with this. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So you're geniuses. So you do the scare zone is Gotham and the Joker's taken over. Because you and can the do Joker isn't in, the, isn't in the house at all, and he's a uh, right. mic'd actor. He's not right. running the streets, yeah. Exactly. Like you can make him like the purge actor um, that, that they've done a couple times. And like they've also done the, I mean, it'd be a little bit harder in New York given the logistics, but like, look, this is all hypothetical, but if you, the, they've done like the exit scare zones a couple times before the one that always comes to mind for me was the walking dead, uh, during 22, when you exited that house, you went straight into the walking dead scare zone. So like they could do it. They just have to figure out how they would do it. Yeah. I mean, there's great. Batman has such a vast collection of villains. You could have a really strong lineup in the haunted house and a really strong lineup on the streets and not have either have any crossover. Honestly, yeah. yeah, like yeah. you don't need to have Two-Face or Penguin in the house. You can have their representative gangs on the street and you're in the middle of a gang war in New York. I love oh, that. That's great. And then it's just a quick time event. You have to like <laughs> mentally press Y. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. yeah. They come you got up some you 22... and... <laughs> <laughs> you, you've got a 22-year-old hanging out on the rooftops in New York and he doesn't do anything. He just looks down in the Batman costume. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> perfect. I love that entirely. Um, and of course, if we have uh, Zack Snyder direct this haunted house, you got to have the Jesus allegories in there. So you got to have like Jesus up on the cross and then there's Superman right next well, to it. So if we're drawing in the Zack Snyder crowd and the Joaquin Phoenix Joker crowd. So we really we start this scarecrow nightmare with Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker in like a big it's one of those mirror hallway things where like you think he's going to be down the hall and he's really next to you. But then like Jared Leto jumps out. There you go. Wow. Yeah, that, that's a real nightmare for the fanboys, for sure. Okay. Um, well, unless we have more Batman talk, which we could Not do all really. night. Um, okay. So, uh, Hunter, hit us with it. Um, so, mine is actually one that I just can't believe they haven't done so far. And I know there's a, there's a practical reason. But in this fantasy world, uh, th there are no excuses. And uh, because of that, I'm actually going to be talking about... George A. Romero's Dawn of the Dead. I just mm. think it is something that is so iconic. Um, it is one of the, whether you do Dawn of the Dead, which I think is a little bit more interesting than 
uh, Night of the Living Dead, just there's a little bit more you could do there in the shopping mall setting. But like that is something that HHN does so well, which is those really big, elaborate sets. And having a chance to do a shopping mall with zombies uh, would be great. I mean, you've got so many different things you could do uh, with the helicopters. You could just fill this thing with so many scare actors. They love doing those mannequin scares. You just put like 50 zombies and then like five actual scare actors mixed in there and you're having to like kind of weave through them. Zombies are, you know, it's kind of a hot topic because they were used so many years back to back during the Walking Dead years. However, I think you put something like a Romero film in there People are going to lose their minds over it. I think yeah, zombies that, will always have their place at Horror Nights. Uh, vampires will always have a place. It, yeah. You know, it's just using them the right way. Hmm. Sure, sure. And even we saw that with Dead Exposure two years back. People were like, oh, I'm tired of zombies, but I love this. So, <laughs> you know. But but uh, you, you kind of uh, almost began to answer my first question on this, which is obviously you know, with, with the walking dead and, and the walking dead specifically having aped so much of Romero's work through his multiple films, how do you personally differentiate it when you're designing the Dawn of the dead house? Um, I, I feel like the, so the, the major thing that I would do is of course you've got a, it comes down to the promoting. I think the, the dead title carries just a lot of weight for a lot of people you put Romero in front of it I think that still means something to larger than just like the the hardcore horror audience I think even the casuals pick up on that as far as differentiating it though I think it's very much just fully embracing the source material and being like hey this is based on this classic horror film Um, this is what set the template for everything going forward you've experienced modern zombies let's see everything that came before it and, and put everything into motion. I think that would be the the key thing that you'd have to do there. I also Anything? think really oh, holding on to the like juxtaposition of that film too. Like you, you walk in and it's the kind of chipper music and things like that while you're seeing horrific elements and, and you know, people just unraveling in front of you, I think is going to be a little bit more, of a different flavor as opposed to like, we're treating this very, very seriously because it's the walking dead for the 80th time. Um, so I think you've got that in your corner. Um, also I think it would be interesting if you're still kind of keeping the look of the zombies as well. Cause there's a lot that are just like blue for some reason. Cause that's what we had in makeup that day. Um, you know, it would, I think it would have a, I think keep it in like that, you know, seventies, eighties kind of look, and kind of like we talked about with, with uh, the Bioshock suggestion, I think you kind of keep the sort of we're pointing a finger at capitalism kind of thing a little bit. If you keep that, that'll help keep the sharpness of that house's tone and not just like, oh, it's more zombies. Isn't that neat? Yeah. Let, let's poke fun at consumerism and then directly exit out into the HHN Tribute Store. Or you yes, can get well, your Black Art Reactive <laughs> Dawn of the Dead t-shirt. I, uh, you know, you said no to uh, Night of the Living Dead, but like the while while you're talking, I couldn't help but think about like how a uh, black and white dead exposure meets the yeah. same room over and over. Exorcist meets 2013's Evil Dead could actually make a really incredible uh, Night of the Living Dead house. I completely agree, actually, and, and the reason I'm sticking away from that is. Um, 
I, I would love to see that. I would definitely not be disappointed. I think the locales are a little bit smaller, so you could feasibly do something like that in a tent instead of a soundstage if they had to. But um, there, there was actually a lot of rumor back during the 28 days. You know, I'm acting like it's like seven years ago, but like during during the 28 like rumor period that Dead Exposure was actually Dawn of the Living Dead, or excuse me, Night of the Living Dead, because those masks had that super high contrast, like black mm-hmm. and white look to them. So like a lot of people were like, man, that's going to be such a great idea. And then it ended up being the the sequel to Dead Exposure. So I really don't think there's there's a wrong answer here. Personally, I just really like when HHN goes all out. And with Dawn of the Dead, you can fit in some crazy stuff with like helicopters and just like mass scare actors and everything like that. But Night of the Living Dead would also be great. Like you're saying, just for that, you could almost go like fluorescent, like black light, black and white with it. I think it would be a super interesting challenge for creative and maybe specifically makeup and costumes because coming off of the tail end of, uh, you know, five Walking Dead haunted houses in which uh, both the show and the houses would use just crazy latex masks and like the flesh is peeling off and blah, blah, blah. Um, So to create the iconic Romero zombies, which are honestly much simpler in makeup, it's a lot of just gaunt and shadows and things like that i think would be a really interesting challenge for them like how do we make this scary coming off of like oh super overdone late 2000 zombies where the flesh is rotting off and here's the bone and they have no legs and blah 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 sure yeah i i totally get what you're saying there i i i will say so dawn of the dead uh the effects of course were done by the the infamous tom savini so like there's so much they could do there as far as like i do think dawn of the dead even though it's got like that simpler makeup style still has really iconic stuff. So there, there's a lot of potential for interesting designs there. Um, and, and like um, one of you guys brought up, sorry, I forgot who, but like doing that blue zombie look, that that's also pretty cool. That, that would help it stick out just a little bit more. I would be very eager to see the look of confusion on people's faces when the Harney Krishna zombie pops out and everyone's like, what the fuck does that even mean? I'm pretty sure that's not allowed. And we're just like, forget it. It was a different time. Just keep going. Just keep going. (laughs) Okay. Um, uh, Zach, I would love to hear your next suggestion. Uh, Well, uh, as much as I respect uh, Hunter's suggestion, I think zombies just by and large very passe now at Halloween Horror Nights. We've seen it all. We've done it all. I, however, am suggesting a much different flavor. I'm suggesting reanimated corpses. And by that, of course, I'm talking about the 80s classic reanimator. The H.P. Lovecraft story, which was completely bastardized in the 80s. And I love that movie. Um, I think you set it in Miskatonic University. You have uh, Herbert West and uh, and Dan is your kind of jump scares to start with. You easily include a room that's blacklit with the fluorescent green lighting of the uh, the serum. Uh, you could even set up uh, a scene when uh, Herbert is uh, showcasing an example of his reanimation fluid uh, working by bringing a dead cat back to life and then it attacks him. Um, you could easily set up where you're in the the garage workspace and you can hear the cat like making horrible sounds and then scare actor dresses Herbert West busts out and he's got the fake cat on him like they do in the movie and he's like thrashing around and screaming and he's all cut up. Um, 
The caveat I would say is when you get towards <laughs> all hell breaking loose and there's zombies all over the goddamn place. I still think you do the uh, Professor Hill holding his own head, trying to go down on uh, on the <laughs> female, but you leave her dressed. I think I think you don't have her be naked in the haunted house. So you don't think that's going to be too much. The first full nudity haunted house at Halloween Horror Nights. Well, here's the thing: you don't do it there because you save it for some of the zombies at the end. Because there's definitely because they're all coming out of a morgue. So there's definitely some like uncomfortable bare tits in the end of that movie. Um, so you save it for that. You keep, you keep Barbara Crampton dressed, but you leave the weird naked zombies at the end. So when you're saying bare tits, are you talking like the North American grizzly bear? Like what, what are we discussing? Here? I'm talking like, we're talking uh, early eighties banana titties is what I'm trying to, to, <laughs> to describe to you. I don't know. Gotcha. Gotcha. Nipple. There you go. But but a zombie, but a zombie. Um, okay, I think I think that's a fabulous idea. I mean, they the the, the effect of uh, you know thrashing around with the puppet attached to you. I mean, they did that uh, with with Sam and Trick or Treat, um, mm-hmm. and it's a great effect. I mean, it could just truly visualize that. I think that uh, with Reanimator, I'm very curious how many actors you would need um, in order to make the giant morgue attack feel like it's coming to life at the end? Or is it just a lot of dummies, naked dummies? Well, uh, here's the thing. I was actually thinking about in terms of um, I'm, I'm, you'd need a, a shitload of, of scare actors, but I like the idea of theoretically you could recycle costumes almost because if you had people like, I think back to the, um, the Freddy house where like you went, you were going through like a sleep study so that like you went through like a lab first yeah. and they like misted you. And then when you went through a strobe light room, you were at, you know, the, the Kruger house and that was just an awesome setup. So I feel like you could kind of do the same thing in terms of like, Oh, this is like a science exhibition and da 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 da. And so all the people that would meet and greet you at the beginning, you could replicate their outfits at the end because Herbert West at his core is not necessarily a mad scientist so much as he is just this opportunist. So it literally, you know, there's a scene where, okay, I reanimated this thing. Oh no, it killed this guy. Uh, well, I reanimated him too. Well, now he's a fucking disaster. Well, I'll reanimate them too, but only because I think this is going to prove my point, like that kind of a thing. So if you have like innocents in the beginning who are killed off and then you see them brought back to life, as these murderous zombies at the end, I think that might help to kind of like tie the narrative in a nice little bow. Okay. Not that anybody would notice. They'd be like, Hey, they really cheaped out. All these costumes are the same, but I have I not agree. seen reanimator in like eight years. <laughs> yeah. That... <laughs> a lot, a lot of commentary on this one. Okay. But, but the question is about reanimator. Do you tie in the, uh, reanimator versus army of darkness comics? Well, I mean, if you just, again, if you want nothing but semen on the floor, then yes. But if not, then no, you leave it alone. Um, and I think it's got enough of an, I, I kind of would park this next to sort of uh, Hunter's reaction on killer clowns of like, well, there's a finite amount of like modern scary movies we can use. So we got to kind of go off the beaten path a little bit. And this is somebody's favorite horror movie. Um, but I feel like it's it's still got some iconic elements. You could do the glow in the dark shirts, uh, you know, sell a lot of glow sticks. It could it could help itself for marketing as well. Okay. 
the the uh, oh the the drink potential the uh oh yeah yeah i mean that sells itself you're you're already selling bright green drinks like Week, the weekly cups here. yeah yes oh man see that that's that it's the reanimator house that brings back the bloody nurses in the queue line is selling you the jello shots there you go shit and they're green it is yes and they're absolutely green and they light up okay there you go crack a cold one for the boys yeah there you go there it is it's Um, getting it's getting sloppy and nasty on this show it was a white claw (laughs) There you go. <laughs> Get the creative juices flowing. Jesus. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Uh, could we be any more Caucasian on this program? Okay. So. I'm a gay man. I don't know what you want from me. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So I've got one here. Um, my suggestion when it comes to uh, a haunted house is actually going to be revolving around souls born um now i use that phrase specifically to talk about both the dark souls and bloodborne games i think that you really could develop a great haunted house for either one and the reason for that is that i think every element of those games is so intricately designed i mean if you've ever cracked up in a concept art book for one of these games i own the one for bloodborne i mean every set piece every locale every enemy in that game is just so intricate and detailed and beautiful and to see some of those costumes and those locales brought to life especially bloodborne i mean i lean very much towards bloodborne because it's a lot more gothic and lovecraftian um but uh but i think that the puppet potential it reminds me of like the 2011 thing with like the room with the 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 monster in its huge form coming in through the ceiling i think that to try and recreate that scale and to try and do another very tall house that's got a lot of just height to it where you're looking up and there's just towering monster coming down over you reaching into the ceiling or whatever it is i mean even i mean the, the the house practically builds itself because even something like the music is so incredible and every single game has just just beautiful orchestral epic dark scary uh action-packed soundtrack i think it would be a game-changing haunted house if they had the budget for it so it sounds like for a lot of these rooms that are going to have these like larger than life monsters in it they're not going to be like corridors right it'd be like big open rooms yeah i would say so yeah like okay uh, that's perfect for the amount of somersaulting you have to do because that's all i know about those goddamn games is a lot of somersaulting and um at like the halfway point in the house do they like ask you a tough question and if you answer it wrong you have to start back over at the, at the front of the house again yeah exactly no you just get the bad ending they just put you through <laughs> they make you lean down and and you, you you go through a little corridor and then there's just like a big game over screen and a skeleton oh, doesn't sure like wipe its ass with you like right <laughs> yeah well the thing is the thing is about this haunted house is it's the hardest house to get through i mean it's kind of like legends of the hidden temple where the scare actors are going to grab you and pull you into their boo hole and 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 then you have to start over again and right. if you can't get back to the point at which you were grabbed the first time you lose all of the money in your pocket and it just goes into <laughs> a big jar and the entire also- house is built on an incline so you're breaking out into a sweat as you're going through the goddamn thing <laughs> that's right that's right and, and not only do you lose your money but you also lose your frequent fear with express or your single night ticket and your express yes. so like yes it just 
they kick you out if you do not make it through. It's really um, you gotta really strategically go through the haunted house. If you're not doing yeah. it at the end, you're doing horror nights wrong. You know, you know it's gonna be good. like you know Tim Tracker's guide video for the year is gonna be like, guys, you really got to do this one last uh, because Tim Tracker is actually doing speed runs on. of the house, and he's like, okay, guys, <laughs> oh, yeah. right. Right. So ding dang, it looks like I died again. I guess I got to start over. Um, they took my Mickey Mouse Gucci sweater and I don't know how I'm bouncing back from this. Uh, I have a confession. I've actually never played a Souls game because I like to have fun when I play video games. <laughs> okay, fine. Yeah, I know your next suggestion is an Animal Crossing haunted house, but sorry, I don't think it's going to fit. This also, new villager we, needs a cardboard bed, but you only have four out of five cardboard boxes. Can we uh, can we get to the real meat and potatoes of what this episode's ultimately about? Fuck you, Tim Tracker. That's uh, that's what this oh, is all about, ultimately. Oh, <laughs> oh gosh, oh, poor uh, no, uh, t- Tim. Uh, please come on the show. Uh, uh, this is all <laughs> a joke. I'm sorry. Uh, okay, so Your success um, makes us jealous. <laughs> yes, it's all that's from a place of jealousy. Is. That's all it is. All right. Um, uh, but, but yeah, so sincerely Bloodborne, um, but like I said, I mean, Dark Souls, there's, there's a lot of overlap there in terms of theme and monsters and stuff like that. But if you can't tell, my suggestions have to do with a wide array of costumes and characters, because I think that's mm-hmm. interesting. Uh, you know, uh, to the same exact scare actor popping out of you over and over gets a little old. Um, so to have a wide array of, you know, and then the big amygdala thing pops out that's got like a uh, hundred eyeballs all over its head. And then it's the first boss of the game. It's like this giant werewolf thing. And so I think I would be very pleased with that. Do you sell pretend weapons at the gift shop for this house? Not for the house. Like, don't bring them in with you. But I mean, like, is, as the merchandise is, is, option. You is, sell full uh, armor. Bloodborne a giant sword Japanese kind of game? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Bloodborne is the one where the weapons are all even more ridiculous than Dark Souls. Like, they're all, like, transforming. Like, one's, like, a big okay. cleaver that, like, transforms. Or one is literally, like, a, a, a two-handed broadsword that transforms into a humongous mallet that you can just smash <laughs> enemies with. So, yeah, no, they're, they're ridiculous. Seems like a, a subtlety and grace in that in that game. All right, <laughs> yes, so, yeah. uh, are we flinging this back at Dakota now? Um, I, I think so, but, but, uh, you know, Dakota, I think it's time for your B list. So, okay. My, uh, I've got a, I think I have a really good suggestion, actually. It's an upcharge house. Okay. Oh. Uh, yeah. So you go into a room and there's a large box and you put your hand in a hole and it's a bowl full of spaghetti. Okay. Okay. <laughs> And, but you think it's worms. Right. Worms. I know. And then, but listen, so you start to panic, but you put your hand in the next bowl, peeled grapes. Ooh. Is there going to be like a waiver you're going to have to sign before going in this? Because this does not sound safe. It's, um, maybe. Uh, This is the, this is the fear factor experience. And Ah. the third one is full of bull testicles that you have to eat. Oh, well, that sounds all right, actually. Um, I think that should be maybe an all-you-can-eat option at, uh, you know, like the Monster Yeah, it's it's actually, it's going to be a stay-in-scream, yeah, it's character dining. 
I actually thought the last box was going to, since it was a fear factor experience, I thought the last box was just you reach in and it's just Joe Rogan's whole hog is just sitting in there. And you're just like, oh, no. And you have to arm wrestle it. <laughs> right. And it asks you if you've done DMT. Um, I've never felt more at home at Halloween Horror Nights than the time I saw Michael Myers force feed my girlfriend uh, bull testicles. Like yeah. that, that just, it really elevated the events to, it, to yeah. the levels that I've. That's a memory that lasts a lifetime. It encapsulates yeah, yeah, yeah. the whole event for you. It's a real just Look, snapshot, w- you know. When I saw the billboard on I four, I had an idea, but boy, was I not ready. <laughs> Listen, they—it's a character dining experience, uh, and experiences oh. that you leave covered in uh, bull testicle <laughs> and maybe DMT um, and DMT. We—that's there's a taste testing. Bull testicles of, um... are universal. <laughs> Wow. Here's the thing, though. You have a shirt that's got the Universal logo, but instead of the planet Earth, just bull testicle. Yeah. I think that's perfect. I think, if anything, the billboard would be kind of like the the Tower of Terror billboard where you have a big, like, moving element, you know, protruding from the the, the flat billboard. But it's just Joe Rogan's head, and he's just, like, pouring DMT into your mouth. (laughs) Yeah. The, uh, they've actually changed the Universal logo outside of the park. They've taken the, the, the globe. They've taken the Universal off of it, and it says Fear Factor. Wow. Oh, there you go. And, it's, and then good, the globe is theme. now just Joe Rogan's big bald head just spinning around. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's beautiful. All right. That's got options. That's like got legs that. on it. I like that. Yeah. Um, uh, Hunter, did you have a suggestion uh, uh, in, in a similar vein um, to, to kind of bring us around here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not testicle veins, but they're that's right. They're, yeah. Um. So my suggestion is actually another house. I just I love houses. It's what I go to the event for. So I hope mm. you don't mind. Um. This is actually based on Stay Tuned, uh, starring John Ritter, um, mm. which is a classic '90s film, which is about a husband who loves TV, and uh, uses that TV knowledge with his wife to navigate the hellscape that is modern television programming. There's a satanic cult uh, there. There's a whole cartoon segment. It's a, uh, it's a cult classic. I love it. Um, you have everything you could ever need. And plus, I mean, it's Orlando. You could cast like 6,000 guys that look like John Ritter, like in 15 <laughs> Not minutes. Wrong. Wow. Not yeah. wrong. That's so, a, yeah, that's uh, a yeah, good call. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Wow. I mean, and I think the marketing is just right along there. I mean, you, you're you're staying tuned, and and they're That's telling right. you that throughout the haunted house. Like, stay tuned. There's more haunted house. Stay it's tuned. literally, it's literally like the full announcement. They go through nine houses, and at the very end, it's stay tuned. And just like so many poor bastards are going to be sitting there looking at that TV for the next 24 hours, and it's like kind of this meta experience because they're staying tuned, not knowing that stay tuned was actually the announcement that they were staying tuned for. Oh, my God. There you go. Wow, it's like we've gone go. first. Okay. It's, it's um, meta and it's cyclical. Yeah, nice. <laughs> so it is. Go see Tenet yeah. in theaters. Um. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's the ultimate thing. You look, you wake out of a, a trance and you've got a ticket for Tenet in your pocket. You're like, <laughs> oh, okay. David Blaine putting Tenet tickets in my pocket. All yeah, right. exactly. Um, all right, Zach. Oh, so mine, gentlemen uh, of of the jury, mine is very, very straightforward here. We found unending success for the attraction utilizing Stranger Things. Netflix came in clutch here, and we have completely redefined what Halloween Horror Nights can be. 
And so with that in mind, I, I looked at it, I looked at Netflix. I went, what else does, has Netflix had that has been the absolute cornerstone of entertainment that would absolutely get normies in that has nothing to do with the like legacy and history of the park or the event. So I think if you want the ultimate money-making haunt attraction for Halloween Horror Nights, whenever it comes back, I think you got to go with The Office. Oh, you got, yeah. you got, you got Dwight. He's holding the Jello with the stapler in it. He's all pissed off. You come to a room at one point. You turn a corner, and just Jim is sitting, and he just turns slowly and looks at you with that same fucking face he always has. Like you, absolutely, you, you can have four rooms back to back of Jim and Pam just kind of like making goo goo eyes at each other, and you're like, just fuck already. You could just you you could build the entire highs and lows, peaks and valleys. Way too many characters. Where Steve Carell? You could tell the whole saga of the series in one house, and you will make ungodly amounts of money. So and best part is, it has to be, has to be, because you're okay. making all your money on that. So if we were to do the office a la American Horror Story, you know, you split it up in seasons. You've got like a three-year mm-hmm. plan. Um, you're like, okay, uh, The Office, part one, chapter one, uh, seasons two, five, and seven. Um, I mean, I-, I don't know how to really differentiate seasons of The Office, to be honest with you, but I-, I bet there's Office fans out there that could. And I think that's what keeps them coming back. That's what keeps, that's what gets the fear, the frequent fear pass for next year. You know what I'm saying? This is marketing one on one. Three and eight. Well, gentlemen, here you ready for the, the why this is the ultimate choice. So you've got the normies coming in who have no interest in actual horror events whatsoever, and they're coming here exclusively for this one thing they've watched on Netflix a hundred times. Okay, that's part one. However, you have to appeal to the hipster demographic who are still going to spend their money and go but are going to bitch and moan the whole time about how it's not as good as it should be. So by using strictly the American office, you've already built in the subplot of, I can't believe they didn't fucking put the Ricky Gervais one in here. And so now you've got ample space for complaints while at the same time, still getting in normies who are going to go to how I trained my dragon land and then go, Oh yeah, I guess we got to go do that office bullshit. The perfect customer to have at the park. Wait, is this at, is this an epic universe? <laughs> well, I, I'm imagining by the time this rolls back around, that'll already be up and running. Oh, okay, okay. So the office has uh, has never uh, left uh, streaming services and uh, is still watched to the point that it's still a meme. I think it has. I think it's already proven that it, it has that staying power now. People are still watching that, and that shit got canceled forever ago. Um, yeah. So yeah. I think it's absolutely here to stay, whether we want it to be or not. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think that the fact of the matter is The Office is never going to leave streaming. And, and once we all blow each other off the face of this planet in some kind of nuclear holocaust, the, the one piece of information that's going to be left when, when aliens crash land on the planet to try and find out what settlement was here was just going to be uh, a single iPhone 7 with just episodes of The Office downloaded onto it. So I, I think we can just accept it is going to be the cultural impact that we left on this planet over the, the, the centuries that we've been here. Yeah. Completely agree. Yeah. So I, I think though, the scariest way to start off that house is really just begin with Michael Scott leaving and then it just go, oh, okay. it goes downhill from there. So that that's probably the best way to do it. 
What what if the entire house was just season one? Because that's the one people are like, oh, you just got to make it through the first season, then it gets good. Oh, true. And like, yeah. What what if you just don't give people what they want? They yeah, all the memorable scary. moments. It's like, no, no, no. That'll be the next house. That'll be the next house. Yeah. But they never do the second office house. Oh, they never. That's the trick. Yeah. So yeah. They, they never the come back. Yeah. The whole house is before Steve Carell got his hair plugged, so it, it's it's it looks very much like the Jack Nicholson headpieces that they were wearing in The Shining. There you go. Yeah. Just paint the the hair black on those. You'll be fine. You know, it's specifically called The Office Season 1, implying that they will do a second season. Genius. Genius. It's called The Office Dead Inside, and it's just like there a very go. emo version of The Office. The um, Office, your entire personality. And there, there it is. Yeah, there, there it is. is. <laughs> okay, so um, I've got a suggestion, and okay. I know that you guys were expecting this. You know, I know that, like, this is my reputation on the show. You know, this is what he always talks about. Uh, and and every time we've ever done an episode that it even mentions in passing haunted houses, I always bring this up, and he's like, shut up, shut up, shut up. It's not about the Garfield house. But we got to do a Garfield haunted house, guys. I'm talking the classic Jim Davis comic strip. Uh, Zach, you're familiar with Jim Davis, right? He wrestles for you. I, I've never been so offended in my entire life. Than Anyways, this very moment on the show. Um, but, but really, I mean, you, you have all the classic characters. Um, and, and, and really, I mean, if you guys are familiar with the whole, I'm sorry, John subreddit with like the Garfield. Okay. As a big, uh, Lovecraftian creature hunting John and, and John's lasagna throughout the house. Um, and like your bullets can't stop me, John. Obviously, you got to bring back Bill Murray to do the voice in the haunted <laughs> yeah, house. Yeah, clearly. That needs to happen. Um, I think that uh, Odie is probably a, a really big... I think Odie is maybe the the emotional crux of the storyline in this haunted house here. Like, by the end, you feel like Odie. Um, you know, you, there, there's, there's a mirror segment at the end where there's just Odie everywhere. And you're like, it's, it's me. I'm Odie. Well, there's, so what, do you start the house with a shock that normal's already dead when you get there? (laughs) I think that normal is like your Easter egg in the haunted house. Like normal is like peeking through the vent, you know, and, and you got to like keep an eye on them. Like it's like, it's five nights at Freddy's. If you don't like, you know, press the flashlight on like normal's going to pop up. So what if, what if the depths of fear and they just cut normal in half and then people just bitch online for the the run, that would be good too. I think, um, yeah, just fit in some, I think. And, and the other part of it is like, you got to live the life of, of John. And I think that a lot of uh, horror nights fans really relate to John in terms of like constant rejection and things like that. But, um, but, but, but I think that to be John, and to and to realize that maybe the twist is John was Odie the whole time. I think that it's it's really what I'm pitching is a psychological horror experience is really what I'm pitching for you guys. I don't know if that's coming across. So what essentially I, I, you what you need is back in the day, like there was those houses where you had to wear the uh, the helmet with the light on it. Instead, it's like a Mickey Mouse headband with Odie ears. You have to wear it. There you, you go. Can't yeah. Come in the house though your Odie ears. I I, I, I I think that would be perfect. I'm eager for the like grab and go lasagna options that they would have outside the house. Like yeah. I'm I'm really looking forward to what the catering would look like. It's a lasagna cocktail. Year. Oh, there you go. Oh, that's yeah. perfect. Yeah, it's a lasagna like those, those, 
those already disgusting smoothies they have over there, like the candy corn ones, like you just add another option on there and just make it a lasagna smoothie, lasagna icy pop, you know. So. There you go. Okay, beautiful. Wow, um, we're really making some good headway here, guys. Um, Dakota, let's uh, let's keep this going. Oh God! Oh, I'm not prepared. Um, I I have I I'm gonna I'm gonna give you two because they're both just sentences I wrote in my notes. One there you is go. um antichrist but only the dick sledgehammer scene (laughs) and the other is the texas white claw massacre the claw is the law all right so first of all i gotta go and steal that second one and make that a t-shirt so let me write that down real quick um okay wow so the second one is a pun that is there like a premise to the haunted house? <laughs> I, I wrote it while while uh, I was waiting on Zach's microphone earlier. Now, what well, inspired just... that? Is it perhaps the white claw you're drinking right now? I mean, uh, no, you... actually, that the the sentence inspired the decision to pull a white claw out of the fridge. Wow, that really was a chicken or the egg sort of thing there. Wow, interesting. Um, yeah. Okay, so 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 Antichrist, but there's no talking fox um and none of it there's no it's it's okay. it's the it's the exorcist haunted house you know it's just it's just uh willem dafoe getting his dick sledgehammered over and over again <laughs> and he's uh but he's he's playing norman osborne while he's doing it so so he's getting his <laughs> dick smashed and he's going do you know what i've sacrificed <laughs> My dick. Yeah. <laughs> well, so it starts out. It's it's Antichrist, but it's actually Antichrist, the dicks of Willem Dafoe, and there it you is, go. it's it's an anthology house. And so the next scene is Willem Dafoe um, crying and asking if you liked his lobster. Oh, that's beautiful. And then he tries to make out with you, and you go yeah. dancing around yeah. the table. It's actually Willem yeah. Dafoe too. He runs through the house with you. Um, every night it's the, it takes like five hours to get to the queue because it's one one group at a time. Wow! Hey, as long as Willem Dafoe's at the front of the house and he goes, I'm a bit of a scientist myself. I'm in. I don't give a shit. <laughs> it, how no, many it's, dicks it's I'm done like at, a as as get in house where it's literally it's it's a cast of three and they're just running from room to room with you. <laughs> Good, excellent. But it's uh, Willem. But- Dafoe, it's actually Willem Dafoe. Perfect. And is he at one point strapped to a gurney, just like seizing? Um, yes. and then and then his he flatlines and then he grabs you and he's like back to formula and just tosses you the guest through like a giant pane of glass yeah and then sam raimi uh he has a triggered scare where he calls you a cuck for liking his movies yeah perfect that's true yeah no uh, which which also works because then right after that you turn the corner and james franco's eating a slice of pie and he says great pie and he's smiling at you while you cross the street and the rest of the house is a scene-for-scene scene recreation of the This Is The End Haunted House from HHN Hollywood 2015. Wow. Oh, it's beautiful. You have this all planned out here. I, I figured you were going to say that it would be Tobey Maguire in black suit um, doing the finger guns walking down the street and then like an awkward dance number. No, no. But uh, mm. when you leave, there's a uh, there's an open bar that just sells White Claw. Uh, that's beautiful that's beautiful um uh hunter uh, i mean <laughs> hey following up with that one I, I don't envy you buddy but uh well what sure, do you got for sure. us 
Um, I think it's time that HHN really gets into some highbrow art. Um, they, they really haven't like delved into that category. They've done cult films. They've done beloved films, but they've never really done a, a modern classic masterpiece. And um, yeah, I, I think we're right there. And um, what I mean by that is I think it's time for an American history X to make its debut <laughs> at the event. Um, I think, <laughs> well, it's certainly timely. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, um, you know, five unlucky people, uh, usually drunk, <laughs> drunk guys that are trying to, <laughs> to fight the scare actors, uh, get to take part in the curb stomp experience. Oh, and, um, it's a, it's a one in a lifetime chance because after that you fucking die. And, um, just, I, I think it's important in today's day and age to address these very heavy, uh, social issues that, that that we have going on, and there's no better way to do that than with this movie. Well, you're not wrong. Big oof. Um, uh, well, here's, here's the thing: up I... the the potential issues with uh <laughs> with doing uh, Night of the Living Dead, but now I guess everything's on the table. Yeah. Wow, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, I was gonna say oof. before we all cast judgment here. Uh, for any of us here, have we not, you know, I, I can't be the only one that's standing outside of a Jason versus Freddy house and someone's like, "Ugh, this is going to suck. And I pull my shirt over to the side that has my Friday the 13th tattoo. And I go, you know what this means? This means not welcome. <laughs> well, my favorite part of the Freddy versus Jason house is when Kelly Rowland called me a faggot. What? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy! The horror community has never been more accepting than in that single that's moment. Tr- that's it. There, we all joined hands and went. Eh, there it is. We've done it. We've reached the. We've reached the Wait a minute. Is that is that someone's Twitter name yet? Like, is that is that one that floats around? Like, oh, I remember when I thought this episode was going to get some kind of traction. Oh, boy. hey, it's your problem, buddy. You got to edit it. Oh boy. Okay. I can um, say that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the thing about an American History X house, though, is that it really should be focused on the last half, though, and it should be only scary for Nazis. I mean, it's like you're you're kind of you're filtering people through, and they're walking through like the the born identity, like pretend scanner or mm-hmm. whatever. But it's mm-hmm. a real scanner, and they're looking for swastika tattoos. They're looking for uh, you know, a MAGA hat that's like shoved into your pocket or or whatever. Yeah, yeah. and or just uh, being openly worn. Yes, 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 exactly. Um, It's a special house that you have to wear certain attire to get into. And uh, everyone leaves with a really regrettable tattoo at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's really the the crux of that house there is you you find the alt-right. And then that's where you're like, oh, yeah, hey, you, down a separate line. Yeah, it's a choose-your-own-adventure haunted house, just like that Goosebumps one back there. But really what (laughs) is awaiting you is like a team event. Tifa. So there you go. Um, but anyhow, I'm just imagining, yeah, like Goosebumps, you've got Jason Lives and American History X. Like, like <laughs> yeah. it's just the perfect lineup. That's um, the that's the real IP, you know. Uh, that's how you market it. I can imagine those properties right on the arches. Is it just? Uh, it's like werewolf puppets, but they're all uh, <laughs> they're all Edward Norton. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's right. Exactly. That's right. <laughs> It's, okay. uh, well, I was going to say it was between that one and Air Bud, and I think I made Ooh. the right decision here. Hey, Either one was wrong with it. I mean, and, and some say that those guy. are two great films for a double feature. Uh, so <laughs> it's true. <laughs> one yeah. for the kids and one for uh, one for the kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's actually what it says. If you grab a DVD copy of American History X and Airbud and you hold them that side by side, they both say one for the kids and dot 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 one for the kids. <laughs> oh, your local drive-in playing uh, this weekend. Yes. Okay, so um, Zach, please uh, let's uh, move us out of this uh, very blue territory here. So, so I've exhausted uh, most of my uh, synapses at this point. However, I do feel that uh, at a certain extent we can. I think Universal should, instead of trying to just ride on the coattails of a successful franchise or film series or what have you, that they should do their part to help elevate a film that maybe hasn't gotten the traction or the the eyeballs yet. And so uh, my pick here is a little-known independent horror film called Killer Pinata. And uh, I don't want any effects for the puppets. I literally just want pinatas that have very angry eyebrows um, to be just sort of like attached to character actors and things like that in the house but the really the most important thing and the uh the scene that i am not making up that is 100 percent in this goddamn movie is towards the end of the house the male virgin character uh is trying to kill the killer pinata and in order to uh rid him of his virgin status the pinata actually unzips his pants and pulls his dick out and starts to blow him and it's the most buck wild fucking thing i've ever seen in my life and so that has to be recreated in its entirety to close the house out wow. and then of course you know you sell tiny pinatas in the gift shop so, that has so you're saying this this, this cannot be a conga line house they have to stop every patron in that room and have to watch that scare actor to completion I would prefer, well, it's not to completion. If you watch the movie, it begins mm. and then it attacks him and, and attempts to try to cut it off. But oh, the point well, is, you can, at least, you can at least stop there. Everybody, you can get to the conga line until you get to that room. And then it's one at a time. You're let in to watch uh, a pinata somehow unzip someone's pants and also pull their penis out and begin uh, filleting it. Well, I hate that you've talked about this because you've revealed some of the houses for next year because this is sharing... Uh, soundstage with rubber. Okay, oh. perfect. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. A uh, rubber was was exactly what I thought would be a, a really great pairing with that. And 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 they actually, this is one of the first haunted houses, kind of like you know, Fritanic, where there there's elements that'll just blend, like they shared scenes where the tire and the pinata kind of like bump into each other. And like, oh, excuse me, you know, and they, <laughs> they have to cross each other. They got other to places there. to be. Exactly. Yeah. They don't know each other. They're not friends. Right. Yeah. Um, okay, let's just rapid fire. Anything other ideas that we have on the table? Me personally, I think that we should build a haunted house just for executives of haunted ha- uh, at, at uh, Universal Studios and just have them being haunted by the ghosts of old attractions. So like zombie Bill Paxton's coming after him. Oh, this is the most terrifying experience of my life. Wait, wait, wait. Um, what? No, got, like, no, no, no. Like, I want this. Like, you're going to keep this to the executives? Like, that's Well, rude. I mean, it's only going to be scary for them i mean we'll just be nostalgic about it but like if you know hannah and barbara are are chasing after these execs like we're not relevant anymore where we young? you know i think that that's that's what's going to scare them i think sure mm, sure that's fair i wrote three other sentences <laughs> well, let's hear them was the neon demon but just jenna malone fucking a dead body okay Spoilers. Uh, you know, I love these houses where it's just the same scene over and over again. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I wrote um, just a house with that checkerboard pattern 
and the guys in the checkerboard costumes with the strobe light. It's that, that the whole house. And I wrote, I don't know what I was thinking when I wrote this. I wrote Pooh's Hunty Hunt. Oh, (laughs) well, yeah. Oh, I mean, I'm interested for obvious reasons. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's got marketability already. No, I think it does. I mean, uh, I think that they're going to run into a little bit of trouble getting Disney to agree to that. But I mean, who knows nowadays? Who who really knows? Disney's looking for licensing opportunities. There's money to be made. Not wrong. You're not not wrong. wrong. You're not wrong. Um, I think that we've already seen one house in this universe, but I think they just need to fully embrace it. If they're not able to make the dark universe work on film, they might as well bring it to the haunted houses. So I think you need to get that Tom Cruise mummy in there. You got to get Russell Crowe calling Tom Cruise a young man for some reason, and then having a really awkward two old guys fight in an office. Um, mm-hmm, I think that, mm-hmm. that that would be really, really good. I think people would be all about that. I mean, you know, obviously we've had the Dracula Untold House, so you've already got your Captain America, and that's you know Captain Dracula. So now it's time to bring in the Tom Cruise Mummy House, and let's just make this a dark universe house. Make the Invisible Man Johnny Depp like it was supposed to be. Make his okay. fingers cut off. Okay. Yeah, the whole house is just Amber Heard like yelling at you. <laughs> That'd be pretty scary. I'd be very um, I I scribbled down Nicolas Cage movie parentheses fucking any of them. So that's I'm pretty down. Face off, drive angry, raising Arizona. I don't give a shit. Any <laughs> of them would be fine. Okay. <laughs> the Rock. Um, the Rock Valley yeah. Girl. I don't. I'll I'll keep going. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was thinking. So I I really think there's a a lack of this material at the event. Um, I think they should just have a house based on the inspirational uh, Christian production movies that have really been oh, popular yeah. lately. Oh, um, like a dog's like go, journey, or yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like not only a dog's journey, um, but like, hey, so like I know you're struggling with your marriage, and it's like a 48 hour experience where they just help you deal with your marital issues and you find God. Um, you save a little boy from drowning, um, mm-hmm, like all mm-hmm. sorts of things. Like, I think it's very can important. Start scheduling rock the universe on the same weekend again. There you go. Oh, there that. it is. I now they that. don't even have to tear down the haunted house to build the rock. The universe said so it's just a part of the experience. Now that is symbiosis gentlemen. That's what we're looking for. That's the, the execs that are listening right now uh, out there at universal right now. That's what they're looking to hear boys. So that that's really good. I think that's, that's great. Yeah, I, I think I think the the more we can tie this in to the the greater universal structure, the more money they're going to make. So um, on top of that, um, Shrek 4D is going to be replaced with the anti-abortion 4D experience. Oh, um, yeah. No, that yeah. sounds unproblematic. Yeah, I, no, I, I think, think that that would I think yeah, that's that what they make, need. It would be good. But what is it still hosted by Shrek or? Uh, yes, but but the problem is <laughs> the problem is with Shrek hosting it is uh, due to the motion of the chairs, the attraction actually causes more abortions than prevents them. So like they've oh, got to no, work out the kinks, but you know, Hunter, they've actually they're replacing the chairs for this attraction with the chairs from It's Tough to Be a Bug. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Wowzers! <laughs> Your husbands have never treated you like this, have they, ladies? <laughs> Wowzers! <laughs> wow. Um, but are they going to keep the animatronic Kevin Spacey? Is the okay. real question? Okay. okay. <laughs> well, you know what? The, what a fun 
fantastic adventure of what if we've had here. Just nothing, none of us getting canceled, and this is definitely not the last episode. And you know what? What a way to debut on the Slash and Cast podcast network here for Frightful Failures. What an experience. Yes, Holy shit. Uh, Yes, sincerely, thank you, Slash and Cast podcast network, for inviting us to be a part of your network. Uh, We hope that this episode has not made you change your mind. It it was Um, fun while it lasted. Yes, Uh, it was fun while it lasted. But sincerely, um, uh, this has been a romp. And uh, what I'd like to do is... uh, we, we have the, the reason that we've chosen these two guests today is that they both have very important things on the horizon here. Um, and in fact, um, tomorrow, which is going to be uh, September the 12th, is going to be a project called HHN at Home, which Hunter is heavily involved in. Hunter, tell us a little bit about it. Sure. So HHN at Home is a project that is hosted by HN Nightmares. Um, and that is basically going to be an all day event where um, uh, quite a few people in the community have put together special projects to just kind of celebrate, Hey, you know, we don't have a Halloween horror nights this year, but we are going to celebrate the best way we know how there's all sorts of things. I'm actually, uh, featured with it. Uh, my co-host Shelby and I from the catacombs of Halloween horror nights, we did a whole retrospective episode exclusively focused on Jack presents 25 years of monsters and mayhem. So that's super exciting. We broke down that house in detail. It's about an hour long. And then we've got other things. Like I know my buddy Theme Park Bar is going to teach you how to make an appropriate stay and scream drink. I know that we are going to be watching Beetlejuice and uh, The Bride of Frankenstein. And then my good friends over at HHN 365, we're going to be playing HHN Quiplash for any of you that enjoy your Jackbox game. So Mm. it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have a great time. It pretty much runs all day long and uh we hope to see a few of you there fantastic and uh zach i'm sure you and i lost our invitations for that in the mail to participate in that so that's fine i think they Um, knew what this episode was going to be and are going to use this against us in the court of law probably but uh anyhow and uh on the other end of things we have uh our good buddy dakota has actually just launched and his very (laughs) first episode has debuted of the hhn gauntlet and so uh Dakota, can you tell us a little bit about this project? Uh, so the Horror Nights Gauntlet is uh, its coming to, I guess it's the first show for my uh, my channel, Cathode Coaster. And it's a, uh, it is the internet's uh, favorite thing. It's an arbitrary list, but it's an impossible arbitrary list because I'm ranking 142 haunted houses. Uh, and then maybe some scare zones and maybe icons. I don't know. We'll, we'll kind of see how it goes, but... Uh, it's extremely visual. It's a really elaborate set that I've been working on all summer. Um, and yeah, I'm looking for, for people to come on and bitch about haunted houses and tell me mm-hmm. why I'm wrong for thinking that uh, Carnival Graveyard was a little overrated. Oh, excellent. excellent. Oh, man. I think that, yeah, that sounds like a challenge to me. So, um, well, uh, fantastic. So, um, if, uh, unless either of you have anything left to plug, uh, I know Zach and I, again, uh, please check us out now that we are featured on the Slash and Cast Network. You can find Slash and Cast uh, on YouTube and on Twitter, um, as well as a lot of other great shows that we're now joined with. You can always follow us at Fright Failures on Twitter, Frightful Failures on Instagram. Uh, boys, you want to plug your uh, social media real quick so people can find you? Sure. If you want to keep up with me, the best place to do that is on Twitter. You can find me at Hanbrolo77. That's H-A-N-B-R-O-L-O-7-7. 
And after my cat shuts the hell up. Um, <laughs> I thought that was just ambiance. I thought you were just building a haunt in your house. I like to think she's shaming you for this episode. She's like, you knew better. Why did you do this? <laughs> no, um, so you can uh, find me at, I, I feel like right now I've been keeping up mostly with the Horror Nights Gauntlet Instagram, which is just Horror Nights Gauntlet. But um, I've started one for Cathode Coaster or Cathode Coaster on YouTube is where the series is going to be dropping. And uh, it's an infant Twitter, but uh, I will be uh, running Cathode Coaster on Twitter, which is really just going to be my personal Twitter. So there it is. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Fabulous. So, um, unless anyone has any further points or any further very offensive non-PC jokes that they would like to make, um, uh, I think that this has been really great. Zach, would you like to see us out? Yes, I think we've all done uh, in irre- uh, un, uh, we, undoable damage to all of our collective careers. We are fucked forever. But thank you all for listening in and subscribing and joining us here at Frightful Failure. So on behalf of Tian Gignola, I'm of course Zach Romero. Until next time, continue circulating the tapes. Good night.